Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Good News. I'm Deacon Al Lundy, uh, sitting here at Catholic Spirit Radio every Saturday and Sunday to bring you good news to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We look at the readings from the weekend's Mass and talk about how they affect us in our lives. We also answer questions about Catholicism or Christianity in general. And I share a little bit uh, with you of what's going on in my life. And it's been busy. Well, we're getting into getting closer to Easter, Holy Week, and and so it's a very busy season liturgically in the church. We've got a lot going on, um, and every every parish does. And the way to tell what's happening, go to our website, go to catholicspiritradio.org, and look at our new website. What a beautiful piece of work that is. Thank you to all of you um, who worked on, on revamping our site. Uh, you can get, uh, you can see photos of Everyone on the air here, uh, well, almost everyone on the air, and we're all devilishly handsome. I was actually having a good hair day, and that's saying a lot for me who has very little hair left. Uh, but it, it turned out really nice, and, and it's easy to navigate, and there's so much information on there. And as, as we get closer to Easter, uh, every parish just has all kinds of activities going on. I'll use, I'll use my parish here in Bloomington, Illinois, at one of my parishes, Holy Trinity and Historic St. Pat's. Uh, together, we do a lot of, uh, we share a lot of activities. And just during this season, we'll have adoration and uh, stations of the cross every Friday. On Good Friday evening, we're going to be showing in our new uh, remodeled lower level with big screen uh, projection, we'll have um, the Passion of the Christ being shown on Good Friday. How apropos is that? Right now on Tuesdays, we're running the um, uh, Bishop Robert Barron Catholicism series. Beaut- if you've never seen it, just beautifully produced, beautifully produced. Uh, you'll you'll visit um, you'll visit religious sites all over the world, uh, and Barron's is such a great uh, speaker, and the music uh, is just incredible. Uh, so please uh, take advantage of of seeing that. We're going to have. Um, Keith Matthews is coming. Some of you might remember Keith, Kevin Matthews, I'm sorry, from uh, from Chicago uh, Broadcasting. But he's coming with uh, the Broken uh, broken Mary statue and a wonderful story behind the Broken Mary and some of the miracles that are, that are connected to that. And he'll be coming, spending a day with us very shortly. We'll have, uh, gosh, there's a couple other things going on. Well, right now we have Christ Life uh, program going on on Thursday, on Mondays. And... There was something else coming up. Oh yeah, we're going to have we're going to have a um, a really beautiful program on the um, miracles of Mary, this uh, the visitations of Mary. Oh wow! Um, it's a, like a hundred hundred to one hundred and fifty large uh, posters that explain different uh, visitations from from Mary on there that, that span centuries. Uh, so that's coming. Yeah, it's going to be really great. So uh, just a tremendous amount of programs going on. And that's just at our two parishes. Things like this are going on all over the diocese. There's wonderful programs that you can attend to grow deeper in your faith. And the the churches all tell us what's going on at Catholic Spirit Radio. We put it on a calendar uh, so that you can see what's happening and where and when. And uh, use those to really deepen your your Lenten experience as we prepare to, to head into the... Uh, to the season of, of Easter, of the Feast of the Resurrection. 
I heard, uh, well, we just had Ash Wednesday, of course, and outside of Christmas and Easter, that's one of our most, uh, most attended uh, masses, that and, and Palm Sunday, give stuff away. Yeah, give stuff away for free, and the people will come at, come knocking at your door. But we had uh, we had really good attendance. Uh, a number of people who weren't Catholic who came to get ashes, and that's great. We love that. That's that's certainly allowable. And uh, I just had had a wonderful uh, heard some wonderful homilies. Uh, heard one homilist, a, a, a local priest, who talked about uh, his life in uh, Africa in Kenya, and. One of the things he would do every year is uh, work at his uncle's orchard, his uncle's apple orchard. And he was telling us about this as, as his Ash Wednesday homily. And I'm wondering, well, where this, where's this going? So one of his jobs as a young boy was to help in the pruning and the pruning of the apple trees. And you have to prune apple trees because if you don't, they get these, these suckers, these long branches that grow almost straight up off the branch, very long, thin branches all over the tree. And you have to cut all those out. Uh, and if you don't, they rob energy from the tree and you get far less fruit. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very meticulous in this. It's a, it's a lot of cutting. And he said, this can't be fun for the tree. You know, all this cutting has to be kind of hard on the tree at the time it's done. But it's a necessity in order for the tree to be truly fruitful when the, when the appropriate time arrives. Now I see where he's starting to go with this. So in Lent, uh, it's a time of pruning we have to look at, at what is what are we doing, what actions, what thoughts, what behaviors do we have that's actually acting as little suckers that are draining energy from our core purpose, from our, our core values. And we have to get rid of those. We have to cut those off. And that can be it can be difficult, it can be painful. But it has to be done if we're to be truly fruitful in our in our lives. And so as we we head into uh into Lent, I'm I'm sure there's a good number of us out here who haven't made that choice as to uh, what what is going to be our sacrifice, what's going to be our, our fasting. Because it's not just about fasting from food, it's about fasting from thoughts and behaviors that, that rob us of our fruitfulness. And if you haven't decided what that's going to be, I, I suggest you look at it as a pruning, stand back and, and take a look at yourself and see what habits are you growing that aren't helping you. And cutting out habits is hard. It's tough. I mean, whether it's uh, smoking or caffeine or chocolates or um, seeking uh, pleasure, seeking uh, possessions, seeking power, you know, there's all sorts of ways that we can look at what's distracting us from our, our true calling and our true purpose in our life, which is always, always should be God-centered and God-focused and, and start to trim those out. And what I'd like you to think about is, and I know, I know when I was younger, I would do things like, well, I'm going to give up coffee for 40 days, right? But I gave up coffee with, for 40 days with the real intention of starting to drink coffee again at the end of the 40 days. And that would be kind of like, let's cut these branches off the tree and then let's, let's put them back on, <laughs> you know, let's wedge them back in there uh, after 40 days. You haven't, you haven't accomplished anything. If you graft the old branches back in, you're not helping the tree. Well, if you take these habits that you've decided aren't good for you with the, and just pause them for 40 days with the full intention of bringing them back in, and how many times have we done that? Oh, I'm going to give up coffee for 40 days. I'm going to give up... Um, I'm going to give up this video game for 40 days. I'm going to give up being grouchy for 40 days. 
with a full intention of starting it up again. Where, where have you gained? Where have you grown? How does that bring you closer to Christ? You say, I'm going to be closer to Christ for just over a month. And then I'm going right back to the sinful person I used to be. That's not the intent of, of Lent. The purpose of Lent is to actually make those sacrifices to make that change, to become more fruitful in your life. And so I, I strongly recommend that rather than taking a pause from these things that you're giving up, rid your life of them. Use this time to break these habits completely and, and to get used to a life that doesn't include them. Now you've made a change. Now you've grown. Now you've made improvement. And it doesn't always have to be cutting things out. It doesn't always have to be the pruning. Uh, as a gardener, there, there are seasons of the year where it's not about taking away from the plant, but about giving to the plant, about cultivating the ground around it, about uh, fertilizing, uh, weeding, uh, insect control. You know, there's, there's a lot to this uh, besides just cutting things out. There's other improvements you could make. You might say, you know, I don't have a lot of bad habits I need to cut out, but do I uh, give to charity enough? Do I spend enough time in service to others? So maybe what you need to do this Lent is add to your life, not subtract from it. Maybe you need to look at it and say, you know, I really, I, I have time that I could use to help the, help the poor, help the hungry, help the homeless. Add those activities in as a way of making your life more fruitful, more God-centered. So it's, a, it's an important time of year. Uh, Lent is, is a time for us to really clean house. Uh, to prepare our, our hearts and our souls to make room for Christ, uh, for Christ's love for us, for our love for God, for our love for others. And it's not actually 40 days. It's only 38. So make the most of it. We call it 40 days of Lent, but it's not actually 40 because for one reason, the Sundays don't count. And everybody remembers that Lent starts on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. But do you remember where it, when it ends? It ends the afternoon of Holy Thursday. So it actually, if it actually ends the the evening, the evening of, of Holy Thursday. So our, that's when we transfer from Lent into the Triduum, which is a separate, a separate liturgical season. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we don't actually go 40 days. We go 44 days, but then we don't count the Sundays. So when you back the Sundays out, we're actually down to 38 days of Lent. The Sundays don't count as a, fa a day of fasting. Did you know that? Oh, I'm going to give up coffee for, for Lent. That doesn't mean you can't have a coffee on Sunday morning because Sundays are, all Sundays are feast days. Every Sunday is a feast. We, we're celebrating Easter in, in a very real way every single Sunday. It's the celebration of the resurrection. And so you say, well, why don't we fast on Sunday? Well, Scripture tells us. You know, do we mourn when the groom is present? No, we wait until the groom is gone, and then we, then we can mourn. So we celebrate when the groom is here. And so on Sundays, it's always a feast day. And then we go into another week of fasting. All, we always feast before we fast. That's why we have Mardi Gras. We always feast before you fast, right? Or is it fast before you feast? And either way, one comes before the other. So there's, a, there's always a, a fasting before the feast gets involved. And so a Sunday, which is the beginning of our week, is a feast day. And then we fast the rest of the week. So uh, remember, it's only 38 days, but pick something meaningful in your life and use that 38 days to rid your life of it. Uh, so that when the resurrection comes, it's, it truly is a new life. It's a new life in Christ, but it's, it's your new life. You're a different person 
by the time Easter rolls around. That's, that's the goal of a good Lent. I am Deacon Al, and we're here every Saturday and Sunday evening to bring you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I uh, want to remind you that you can be part of the program by sending in your questions to our email uh, location at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org, and we'd be glad to uh, answer your questions on the air, anything about Catholicism or Christianity in general that you have questions about. And one of the questions we've gotten uh, recently was about Lent, and it was about the fasting and abstinence. And there always seems to be a lot of questions about this. So just in a nutshell, on fasting days, which are Fridays, also on um, Ash Wednesday, but that's beyond us now. So on Fridays, we, we fast. We have either one large meal or two small meals that equal less than one large meal. And we avoid snacking and we should avoid treats and desserts. So, and the, and the reason we do this is, is out of remembrance for Christ's fasting in, in the desert for 40 days before he began his, his ministry. Not everyone has to fast. Ages 14 to 59 are required to, are obligated to fast. Younger than 14, um, we have it on good medical authority that, that can be overdone and dangerous. Over 59, for medical reasons, could be fasting can be rather dangerous. A lot of people, you don't eat regularly after, after that age, and, and I'm well past that age. Uh, you get a little dizzy. You, you, get a little, you get a little needy, you know, and so, uh, so there are allowances made. If you're healthy enough to fast, you should fast. If you can do it, you should do it but you're only obligated from ages 14 to 59. Now, abstinence is different. We abstain from meats on Fridays, from red meats. So fish is fine, but we stay away from, from pork and beef and you know, the, the, other, the other red meats and, uh, and chicken, things of that sort. Okay, I know not always, not always considered red meat, but we, we, fish is good, everything else we stay away from. And that's for everyone. Where a lot, what a lot of people get wrong is they think that's only during Lent. And that's not what the church teaches. And that's not what you'll find in canon law. You should, you should abstain all, every Friday throughout the year. Now, it doesn't have to be from meat. During Lent, we speci- the church specifically says abstain from meat. But every Friday of the year, you should pick something to abstain from, something to, uh, that you hold back, something that doesn't have to be food. It could be you could go to your coffee or whatever. Something meaningful in your life that you hold back from, you refrain from for one day a week. Again, just as a remembrance of God. And when you do that on Friday, it, it helps prepare you for the Sabbath, for the observation of the Sabbath over the weekend. So that's that's really what we're talking about is fasting and abstinence. They're not the same. Uh, they're not both for everyone and they don't both have uh, the same period of time. So we fast on uh, Good Friday and on Ash Wednesday. We also uh, abstain on all Fridays. Fasting is for some people. Abstaining is for everyone. And we should abstain from something all during the year, just as preparation for heading into the Sabbath. So hope that clears some things up. If you have any more questions, you can write us at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. This is the first Sunday of Lent. And that means we're, again, growing and cleansing ourselves, uh, making ourselves ready for a new life in Christ that will come with the resurrection on Easter Sunday. 
And our readings come from Genesis, from Paul to the, I'm sorry, from uh, Peter, from the uh, epistle of Peter, and then uh, a very short gospel from, from Mark that I, I'm sure you'll all recognize fairly quickly. So our reading from the book of Genesis says, God said to Noah and to his sons with him, See, I am now establishing my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and all the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. I will establish my covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God added, this is the sign that I'm going to give for all ages to come of the covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will recall the covenant I have made between me and you and all living beings, so that the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all mortal beings. The word of the Lord. I find a lot of interesting things in, in Genesis I want to remind you that Genesis is not to be taking word for word literally, but its message, its truth of morals and faith are to be taken literally. That means that the author, in this case Moses, what he wrote, he wrote for a purpose, and this is meant to fulfill that purpose. And the purpose is to talk a couple of things, one about the relationship of God with man, that this is a loving God. This is a God who wants, does not want to destroy mankind, but wants to nurture them, but wants them to be obedient. And that's what the flood showed, was the importance for obedience. Why was Noah and his family uh, saved out of all the people in this story? Because they were the only ones obedient to God. And God would, would rather rescue the few obedient and punish the many disobedient just, just as as a matter of course, just as you would. I mean, would you, would you, would you in a in a group of a hundred people, if five people were breaking the rule and ninety five people were breaking the law, would you imprison everyone? Of course not. That wouldn't be just. That wouldn't be fair. Would you ignore the ninety five lawbreakers? Well, no, because that's not just and that's not fair to the five who are obeying the law. And yet, what do we see in our secular world right now? Exactly that. We see our government in in many ways doing exactly that, where those who are breaking the law are given greater benefit over those who are obeying the law. And and what has that done? That's created a lot of dissension in in our society because they went against the law of God. They went against the teaching of Scripture. If they had followed the teachings of Scripture, just as using as as the example, the great flood, uh, we would have a stronger, better society. So a lot of people say, well, why doesn't God just destroy all the sinners today? Been there, done that. That's that's what this story shows. That doesn't work. Because in this case, he kept only the righteous, the eight righteous people. But once the flood was over, what happened? What's the first thing that happened? Noah sins. Then Noah's sons sin. Then Noah's daughter-in-laws sin. You can't destroy sin by destroying people. You destroy sin by changing people. And that's, that's what this story teaches us. It's not about, you know, do they really have penguins on the ark and where do they come from or polar bears or, you know, dragons or unicorns. It's not what it's about. It's not about the two by two coming into the ark. It's not about the size of the ark or did the flood actually cover the whole world or just Noah's part of the world. 
It's not what it's about. It's about you cannot destroy sin and rid the world of sin. The only way to rid the world of sin is to change people. And that's what that's why this story is in Lent, because that's the purpose of Lent. It's not for the destruction of anyone. It's for the purification of people, to change hearts, to change habits, to change behaviors. So God is saying, I'm, I'm no longer going to work through destruction. We're going to work through construction. And to remind ourselves of that, he gives us this, this beautiful rainbow to remind us that God isn't looking to destroy anyone, but he is looking for us to change and grow closer to him in relationship through this covenant. So our, our second reading this Sunday is uh, the first letter of St. Peter. And Peter writes, Beloved, Christ suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. To put to death in the flesh, he is brought to life in the spirit. It is In it, he also went to preach to the spirits in prison, who had once been disobedient, while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few persons, eight in all, were saved through water. This prefigurement baptism, which saves you now, It is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Christ Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subjected to him. The word of the Lord. So Peter's telling us a very important lesson. The people who uh, were disobedient during the time of Noah weren't just thrown into abandonment. They weren't just left by God to suffer for eternity. But they were set aside, and now with the resurrection of Christ, Christ goes back to them in prison, meaning in, in what the, uh, the, the Hebrews called uh, Sheol or Hades. Christ goes back to them and offers them the chance now to turn back to God from their disobedience and, and seek salvation. So they're not abandoned at the time of Noah. All those who died are given opportunity for, for a renewed life in Christ. But he also calls to us to change our lives, not just to wash the exterior. Or in, we, we hear in, in, in the Gospels about you, you Pharisees, you, you hypocrites, you, who wash the outside of the cup, but they don't worry about what's in, about the filth inside. And he's talking about the ritual, the ritual washings of, of the Hebrew laws, of the Jewish laws. So they were very big on, on washing the vessels they ate in, but, but they weren't and of washing themselves before they ate, but they weren't real picky about what was inside them, uh, their thoughts, their behaviors, their actions, their beliefs. And so God is calling us to a new cleansing through the, through the resurrection, the passion and resurrection of Christ this, this Easter. Our gospel, very short, gospel according to Mark, but very apropos for Lent. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel of the Lord. So what we see here is the exchange of authority from John the Baptist, who also was saying the kingdom of God is coming, and saying repent and believe in the gospel which, by the way, is, is one of the terms that was used, This one of the blessings used for Ash Wednesday. 
uh, we have two choices of the blessing. Uh, one is remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. But the other blessing we use, and, and my, my preferred one that, that I used, repent and believe in the gospel. The words of Christ, the words of, of John the Baptist. And so when John was arrested, Jesus took over. And rather than saying as John, uh, the, the Savior is coming, the Messiah is coming, he's saying the Messiah is now here. I am the fulfillment. And then repeated John John's words to repent uh, and and believe in the gospel. But it's also telling us that when Jesus was in the desert, he was being tempted for forty days by the devil. And you know, I my personal opinion as I as I imagine what that forty days in the desert was like. I don't think on day one the devil showed up and said, "Hey, if you're really." If you're really the Christ, the Son of God, do this, you know, or I'll give you this. I don't think he did that. I don't think he did it on day two or day three or day four. I think he waited till like day 38. I think he waited till till Jesus, who's fully human as well as fully divine, is fully exhausted. He's hungry. He's tired. He's been in, he's been in the desert sweating during the day, freezing at night. He's waiting till the very end when he's really, really at, at the end of his rope. And now he comes and says, worship me, do what I say, and I will save you. And Jesus turns him, turns him away every time by turning to scripture and countering what, what, uh, what's offered to him by Satan with what's offered to him uh, through his divinity, through God. And I think that's when Satan comes to tempt us the most. It's not at the beginning of Lent. It's as we're getting deeper and deeper into it, and as we're getting closer to Easter, that's when, oh, it was Friday, I forgot. I had sausages <laughs> at breakfast this morning. I plan to, I'm going out, to, I made plans for a steak dinner uh, with some friends Friday night. Oh, oh, I was going to give this up, and I just, I just ate it. I just had it. I just did what I said I wasn't going to do. Those temptations don't come at the beginning. At the beginning, we're strong in our faith. We're strong in, in what we're going to do. Uh, it's towards the end of our, of our Lent. When you have to be the most careful, that's when the temptations are the strongest. That's when you're the weakest. Uh, that's when you need to guard against uh, Satan the most, against, tempta- against temptation. And the way to do that is through Scripture. The deeper you get into Lent, the, the, the deeper you should get into your faith, because that's where your strength is going to come from to truly change. Uh, increase your attendance to Mass. Increase your almsgiving. Increase your acts of charity. So as Lent goes on, uh, don't be really strong at first and weaker at the end. Build in strength from the beginning to the end so that you can persevere through this entire time of testing. And it's, it's important to look closely at, at your behavior. So keep that in mind. Have a wonderful Lent. Uh, hope to see you soon in church. Hope you'll visit our new website and, and peruse that and see all the great things going on uh, within your diocese. Uh, Welcome to our Rockford people. Uh, we're growing our audience there all the time. We've got new towers up in Clinton, and we're getting stronger down there. Of course, our, our listenership in Bloomington Normal uh, continues to grow. I have more and more people come up to me every week to tell me uh, what they listen to on Catholic Spirit Radio and how much they're enjoying it. We hope you enjoy it, too. As, as part of your charity and almsgiving, keep Catholic Spirit Radio in mind. In order to, for us to keep growing, uh, we need your help, your prayers, and, and your financial donations as well. Until we meet again next week, may God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life.
Good night. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to DKNL at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.